Hello, everyone, and welcome to the first episode of The Eagle in Review. My name is Paige Martinez. I'm the editor-in-chief of The Eagle. And uh, this podcast is basically a breakdown of the stories and articles that we have in our newspaper uh, to hopefully give you guys a little more insight into the process and the thoughts that go into writing it and maybe tickle your fancy on some stories you haven't read yet. Uh, today with me, I have Sione. You want to go ahead and... Hi, everyone. I'm Sione, and I'm the Lifestyles Editor for the newspaper. And we've got Darren. Hi, I'm uh, Darren Mason. I'm the sports editor and one of the um, podcast editors for The Eagle. And Jackie. Hi, I'm Jacqueline Vera. I am the host on The Eagle's Psyched Out podcast, as well as one of the podcast editors. Okay, uh, let's just jump right into it. So today we're going over um, issue number four of The Eagle for our 2019-2020 school year. Uh, in As far as news goes, which is on our front page, we have a wonderful article about the Hispanic music celebration that happened on campus. Some wonderful photos, just a great breakdown of the um, background that Perez came and brought this wonderful event to life with. Uh, we also have a great look at Kevin Hurst, which is the new director of students, um, and just kind of his goals behind what he wants to do at Eastern and how he came into this position. Uh, we've got another article about what to do when there's a shooter on campus. It has really good information in it, and unfortunately, in this day and age, that information is a little more relevant than we want it to be. And then on a lighter note, we do have a great feature on um, a haunted house in the area that raises money for food banks. And the last article we have on our front page is titled, How Safe is This Campus According to the Cleary Report? Um, Darren, you wrote that one. Do you want to go ahead and tell us a little bit of what it's about? Yeah, yeah, I would love to. Um, so the Cleary Report um, states the level of crime um, in different categories on college campuses and so what i found in my uh research is that the university of utah is the most dangerous campus here in utah they've had three murders in th three years they're uh, also the second in the state for rapes um there have been 12 rapes on their campus in 2018 alone um they they have other high numbers as well with um i think 30 stockings and 40 burglaries mm -hmm. um and uh today they actually just barely did a walkout for campus safety it's, which you're going to cover that in our next issue aren't you um i'm going to cover it in this issue actually yeah so not the one we're discussing now but uh, the Upcoming one, yeah. Yeah, and the upcoming one. <laughs> um, so I know with the U, did you mention, I think in your article it said they're the only campus that had a murder last year, a reported murder? Yeah, the, the, in 2019, I believe this last summer, um, a girl named, uh, I I can't remember what her name is, but she uh, passed away this, uh, I think, last summer. Also back in 2017, there was a failed carjacking attempt where a guy killed this kid from Asia. And the worst uh, murder uh, at the University of Utah occurred 
in October of 2018, a woman by the name of uh, Lauren McCluskey, a senior at the University of Utah, she she was uh, going out with this guy, and she eventually broke things off with him, and he kept on like stalking her and stuff, and she uh, reported it to campus police many times, and I guess one of the detectives or somebody, they were on vacation, and they, they never got back to her, and campus police never talked to Salt Lake City police to see if this guy was was like a criminal and he uh she was in her car and he came up to the window and shot and and killed her and a lot of people say that campus police messed up big time which they did Mm -hmm. i remember that one because uh campuses all across utah were read in Mm -hmm. like show of support and really it was a hard time to be a student on in Utah on college campuses because you really realize how dangerous it can be. We're a huge area, a target by having so many people collected yeah. in one area. It, I think, also affected high school students. I, I, I think it was in my junior year of high school, mm-hmm. and I remember hearing about it. And so I, I had a cousin who was probably a, a junior at the at the University of Utah. That year, and I, I texted him to make sure that he was okay because I heard that there was a shooting or something, and he said that he, he he was fine. So, I, so it made me feel really good that he was okay. Mm-hmm. You also mentioned in your article that Eastern's one of the safest schools. Yeah, it, it is actually one of the safest schools. Um, it, it has a, had a few rapes. It has had like two car thefts and a few burglaries in 2018. Mm-hmm. And uh, recently, there was an assault back in, back on, I believe it was September 9th. Um, some students jumped a kid that was going to his dorm. Our campus is one of the safest uh, campuses in Utah. Mm-hmm. So. Um, it's always important to remember with reports like this, too, that this is only the reported stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely. Um do you think, Darren, since you wrote the article and kind of looked into it a little bit more, do you think that um, the influence of, of uh, legislation and stuff like Title IX has any effect on on the safety on college campuses? Do you think it's something that could be improved? Um, I've actually had some experience. Like, I've talked to people who've gone through Title IX mm-hmm. specifically on our campus and, like, known the director of it. And I think it's a it's a hard thing to get involved with. Like Title IX is so scary that when you do report it and Title IX gets involved, I think it can be intimidating and might actually discourage people from reporting it. But when they do report it, I think it produces better results by taking every report seriously. Definitely, yeah. 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 Uh, remember, stay safe. If you hear of anything happens, it's always better to report it, even if it may have been wrong so that things can be looked into um yeah let's go ahead and switch gears a little maybe a little more upbeat than that last (laughs) one and talk about our viewpoints um our viewpoints are kind of just the editorials of what people on our staff uh think about and we always do a point counterpoint where we have two of our 
authors, I guess, writers take opposing views on topics and discuss it in a little more depth. So this time around, uh, our managing editor, Cody, wrote an article about why spooky movies are the ones to watch during the Halloween seasons, a lot of horror, a lot of jump scares. And I wrote about why spoopy movies are the ones to watch. <laughs> Those are the ones that just warm your heart. Um, I always talk about Scary Godmother because it's funny to see who remembers it and who doesn't. <laughs> um, we have an article by Tony about the catharsis of letting go of emotions. I can't quite remember the title. Um, focuses on uh, letting your emotions out in a healthy way so that way you can be a little more productive throughout your day. Uh, we have another article about how college might not be for everyone. It's always interesting to see articles like that in a college newspaper. It was a really good read. I enjoyed that one a lot. Um, and then our Viewpoints editor, Alex Anderson, wrote an article about culturally inappropriate costumes, kind of gearing up for the Halloween season. And reading through that article, um, it reminded me of a conversation we had, Jackie, in we went to a journalism conference and we wrote up together. And it was really interesting to see a lot of those ideas reflected. So did you get a chance to read the article? I did. I got to look over. I think Alex presents a really great um I'm not even going to say argument. She presents a really great statement in, in what she is talking about in recognizing um, both what is appropriate and what's not and, and kind of recognizing the boundaries between what actually is costume and what is culture. She gives good rules of thumb. She really, really does. Like one in particular, she talks about um, dressing up as a taco was okay, but as soon as you throw a sombrero on it, then it to it starts stepping into cultural appropriation. Right, exactly. So one of the great things I think that Alex does is, is she really kind of brings this conversation to the table. And when we talk about appropriation, a lot of people are easily put up in arms on, on both sides of the table. Um, but like recognizing the fact that appropriation is is the adoption or theft of icons, rituals, aesthetic standards, and behaviors from one culture by or subculture by another is a really great way to start to conceptualize what it means to be celebrating something for Halloween versus kind of perpetuating a, a, a history of violence and, and negativity towards a, a marginalized group of people. You know, it's it's the difference between like you said, you know, dressing up as a taco versus dressing up as even something as simple as a sugar skull mm -hmm. a character from Deo de los Muertes. Well, so. even um, I was looking through old Halloween costumes of mine before I had, you know, aged a little and matured mm -hmm. a little. And I found, um, I don't even like saying the word, but a stereotypical Romani costume. Mm -hmm. And that was something that no one said anything to me about it back in the day because it wasn't as known. So I also think allowing a level of growth and understanding that people can change and people mm -hmm. can recognize the negative impact of some of their actions. Right, exactly. And I think it's kind of a, it's another interesting point of view because people are, people are so quick to attack in regards to appropriation, which I think is very valid in a lot of senses, but also recognizing certain boundaries, like people who, who get upset at little kids who are dressed up in mm -hmm. these costumes. It's not the kid's fault. It's more a, a lack of knowledge or information. On yeah. the and I was like maybe things. 12 when I dressed up in that <laughs> yeah, costume. I understand. Cause like I, I dressed up as Cleopatra one year and, yeah. and to a certain degree that could be considered appropriation. If you're, if you're not careful and you don't know those boundaries. Which actually opens up an interesting conversation. Um, dressing up as a person who's part of a culture mm -hmm. versus like the culture itself, like Cleopatra is a little harder because that's a stereotyped mm -hmm. person. Yeah. But someone who belongs to a culture, like maybe a specific Hispanic actor that you really like, mm -hmm. things like that. Or, or one that I think of specifically is the character of Moana. 
Yeah. She's a Disney princess. Girls yeah. are going to want to dress up as a Disney princess. But then part, parts of it come along. I know that there's because other kids might want to be the character of Maui, but he has specific tattoos on his body that represent um, specific things to cultures in, in the Pacific. And like there's a certain level like there's a difference between Moana and Tiana from the um, Princess and the Frog because mm -hmm. Tiana, while being black is a huge part of her, a lot of her costume and stuff isn't grounded in, I don't know if she's African-American and I don't want to push that on her, but like black culture, mm -hmm. but with Moana and Maui, so much of that is in yes. Polynesian culture, their <clears throat> costumes are. Well, and there was a great, there was a huge controversy when Moana came out that season because Disney usually releases in the fall and a lot of kids were wanting to dress up as Maui. Mm -hmm. And Disney themselves released a very culturally appropriative costume that they actually pulled, um, which was great on behalf of the company. You know, it was good for them mm -hmm. to recognize that privilege and, and take that down. But it is, it's a huge mm -hmm. concern, especially because, I mean, we learn these things at a young age. And so if we can prevent those, you know, mm -hmm. those offensive appropriative actions, it's it has a huge impact in the long run. It really does. Mm -hmm. Okay, uh, let's move on to the next section in our newspaper, which is lifestyles. We have our... A handful of reoccurring columns. We have our Year of the Women column, who covers uh, Brie Lasley. Um, covers Brie Lasley. Uh, this particular column takes uh, time to highlight. Um, um, takes time to highlight uh, interesting women in history and that have done incredible things. Uh, we also have a great article highlighting um, the White Lady, which is a story, not a. Like a local legend yeah, local, local here in Carbon County. Uh, ghost stories. Really great time for the Halloween. I'm not a fan of going to White Lady <laughs> at night. I don't know about y'all. Kind of gives me the spoops. Yeah. Um, we have our reoccurring column, uh, Lori's Letters for the Lovelorn, which she gives a really good relationship advice, actually. It's pretty interesting. We also have... Gentry at Eastern, which highlights um, a group that came to perform at, or is coming to perform mm -hmm. at the Geary Center. So if you're interested in looking at different things on campus and things to do, that's a great place. Ashley has a reoccurring travel column about places close by that have interesting things to do. Uh, this time she looked at uh, Maple Canyon. Uh, looks like it's got some fun hikes, really pretty views. As always, we have our eagles in the spotlights. This time we focused on hunter peterson and sarah alufipo thank you you're welcome i didn't i didn't want to touch <laughs> you know try to make a fool of myself pronouncing that a quick highlight on usu eastern's cosmetology department which does a bake sale every year um, for women in need this year um, raising money for the campbell family which is uh, actually one of our students here on campus uh, two of our students the younger sister is also Shouldn't call her the younger sister. I know the older <laughs> sister and the her sister right below her are both students on campus um, who are very involved. Um, Darren hi, is working on a series right now where he highlights uh, the history of our college at different decades. Um, so he's done the 30s already. Uh, this article in particular has um, Carbon College in the 1940s. He does a really good job of digging up old photos to kind of show you what the school looked like during those times. Um, I wrote just a quick uh, highlight on Inktober. So if you like to draw, if you like to be creative, um, go ahead and check out that uh, article about what exactly Inktober is and how you can get involved. Um, Spencer wrote a really fun article about horror games that are worth playing during Halloween. So if you like to be scared and if you're into video games, that's a good place to start. 
And then Sione, as our lifestyles editor, wrote, uh, he does reoccurring playlists, but this time he also did a watch list. So you want to tell us a little bit about some of your choices? Yes. So I'm a person who loves spooky season. I mean, who doesn't, right? <laughs> but specifically, I because I think it represents like the beginning of like the best festive season of the year you know from here to thanksgiving then to christmas and new year's it's just a great time um but specifically with spooky season i like to explore like different kinds of movies and shows and so of course there's staples such as like hocus pocus and like beetlejuice you know ones that you gotta watch around halloween beetlejuice is making a comeback on tiktok right now yes absolutely did you guys see that they made a there's a broadway musical about beetlejuice yes it's the music is so good. Really? Like, I've seen parts of it. Yeah. Oh, is that wow. where all the TikTok music is coming from? I think yeah. so. Yeah. Okay. It's got some good music. Yeah. It does. It's really cool. Um, but yeah, so I've I've always liked those kinds. But I think uh, specifically now we're getting more like nuanced horror films coming out. Like recently, especially, um, I don't know if you guys seen it. I, that was a, such a. I think it was such a great adaptation of the story, um, especially like like both versions. And also Jordan Peele, I think, personally does a great job with um, horror films like recently, especially with us. I thought that was such a... Uh, what was the other one he did too? Um, Get, Get Out, yes. I've heard both. I haven't seen them because I personally don't like scary <laughs> yes, movies. Yes, yes. Uh, but I've heard they are equally scary and have a really good commentary. Yeah, it's, it's great social commentary, but at the same time... Um, it mixes uh, great elements of like horror films from the past. And I think, um, yeah, I just added a whole bunch of different things, including Netflix shows too. Cause I'm a person who loves binging TV shows. Yeah, I saw you had the chilling adventures of Sabrina. Yes. I oh. think that show is great. So good. It's so great. I, I can't wait for season three. Yes. So <laughs> it's so good. Yeah. I think it's a great, I think that's a great show. Netflix especially is doing really well with the shows that they're releasing, but I really liked Hulu also do like Halloween specific, like they do horror section. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. 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 There is like Hulu ween, I think is what they're calling it. They have like a specific (laughs) section just of like old movies um, and, and shows that they've created. So real quick around the table. I just dropped my pencil. (laughs) Um, What's everyone's favorite Halloween movie? Are we talking like horror or like, Halloween. Make your decision. That's a good many. question. Too many. Uh, personally, mine is Paranorman. I don't know if anyone's ever seen oh, that one. I, I, because I remember it's just such a great, like, movie. I like it. Like it's like a child's movie, but at the same time, um, just like the create, like the creative, like the creativity that went into the movie, as well as just like the story around it. I think it's great. Definitely, I would think. Okay, so Halloween wise. I mean, I am a sucker. I love Hocus Pocus. Yes. It's such a classic. <laughs> Absolutely. But horror movie-wise, I have a new favorite. Um, it's called Delirium. It's a psychological thriller. Mm. It is so good. Um, messes with your head, definitely. But it's a, it's a good film. Interesting. Darren? So, if we're talking about, like, uh, spoopy, <laughs> I think I really like uh, I really like Halloween Town. That's a good one. Uh, yes. You took mine! <laughs> Halloween Town. If we're, if we're talking about, like, spooky... I haven't really seen a lot of like really spooky movies, but I, I did see it like mm-hmm. the, like this one that they made a couple uh, years ago, and it, it was pretty good. I like that. One. Um, Halloween Town's definitely up there for like mm-hmm. a spooky movie. Oh, yes. um, the Nightmare Before Christmas obviously has oh. some of the best music. Yeah, ever of course. Yeah. Um, and if the only scary movie that I can think of in my head that I've watched multiple times is Signs. 
Hmm. Um, oh. Man, science has scarred me. <laughs> did you speaking of scary movies? Did you guys see that John Carpenter's The Thing is on Netflix? Hmm. I do not. Oh, it is on there. The original 1982. It Ooh. is. It is out. So hmm. go watch it. Yeah. Um. All right. Let's cover our last category of stories now, and we're doing sports. So, um, we've got volleyball, which our volleyball team has done fantastic mm-hmm. this year. I don't know if you guys have had a chance to catch a game, but oh, they're good. I mean, yeah, they're great. They're really um. We have our soccer. Men's and women's are both covered. Uh, Ty uh, writes a reoccurring. It's not really a column about one particular thing. I call it Ty's takes, but I always takes an interesting look at something in the sports world. Mm. Cody did a really interesting story about professional wrestling and mm. how there's now two different shows competing for the t- same time slot on two different channels mm. about professional wrestling. Mm. Um, really interesting. And then lastly, uh, I wrote esports article, which I don't know if our viewers know that we have an esports team new this year. Kind of covered it. I think we have three teams currently competing right now. Our Overwatch team, which if you're interested in playing Overwatch, hit us up. Um, our Hearthstone team, which I'm actually on the team. And what was our last team that was competing? Madden. Oh, and Smash. So we have a Madden team, Madden 19, and a Super Smash Ultimate team, which the, both those t- teams compete individually but practice together as a group. Um, just barely, we started doing smite competition. So we just barely added a smite team. If you're interested in playing smite, hit us up. League of legends also needs more people. So if you play league regularly and want to be involved, that's a great way to get involved. Yeah. I don't know. Do you guys know much about any of the games we play other than super smash? I feel like everyone knows a little super smash. My roommates do the Fortnite are on the Fortnite team. We do have a Fortnite team. Yes. And they love it. So, I mean. I'm not very into Fortnite, but I mean, everybody's heard of Fortnite, so yeah, yeah. True. it's pretty big. True. Where do we, where can we uh, get people in contact or let them know, like, where they can stream? Um, so we stream the majority of our practices and all of our matches for the most part. Uh, and you can catch us on Twitch at USU underscore esports. That's USU Eastern underscore esports. Um, yeah, you can watch without a Twitch account, but we recommend you get one so you can leave comments and talk to us. We try to stay really engaged. So like our League of Legends, I shoutcast, which is uh, what they call announcing in the esports world. <laughs> um, I shoutcast with Joven, and we actually have a handful of friends that are one of our players, Taylors. We call them their fan club, and we actually keep up good conversations. We talk a lot about Halloween costumes right now and what we do in our free time. D&D comes up all the time because I guess if you're a nerd, you're a nerd for everything. You know? <laughs> so true, very true. Um, Fortnite streams all the time. So if you're interested in watching Fortnite and really want to see the team grow, that's super fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's a good time. Like uh, there's a little bit for if you're, there's a little bit of everything. So if you like random conversations, leagues where you go, if you want to just watch someone play Fortnite or Overwatch, Fortnite and Overwatch are a great place. Uh, we're trying to get more consistent with our Smash streaming and our Madden streaming. So we have a wide range of people on the team, a wide range of people who stream, and a wide range of personalities that you can watch there. Yeah, we've got matches. Um, I actually have a match tonight for Hearthstone. We've got Smite pretty much every week. Overwatch, I think, is on a break right now. So Smite, Hearthstone, Super Smash, and Madden um, play pretty consistently right now. That's awesome. Yeah. 
Um, if you pick up a newspaper, there's a QR code that you can scan and watch us on Twitch. Very cool. Yeah. All right. And then I guess the last thing, if you guys went to some of the homecoming events, check out our back page. Our back page, we always do a feature on um, different things around the campus of pictures. We're always out there taking pictures. We want to get you guys in the paper so you have a physical memory that you can take with you for the rest of your life and know that like, look, I was involved on in college. Mm -hmm. So yeah, uh, this has been the Eagle in Review. Thank you, Sione. Thank you, Darren. Thank you, Jackie, for joining me today. Um, catch uh, our podcast every Friday. Okay, bye.